This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right. A self-defense event happens in seconds. And in the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you never are forced to shoot a self in self-defense. But if you must, there are, then you must be ready. That's why USCCA exists, because every responsible uh, armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, a 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now, because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. Go to San Diego County GunOwners.com and download the voter guide. Go to Inland Empire GunOwners.com and download their voter guide. Go to Orange County GunOwners.com and download their voter guide. Voter guides are out. Ballots are out. Elections right around the corner. Uh, check out to see who has been endorsed. Vote for them. Tell everybody about them. Donate a couple of bucks to them. Help us get the right people elected. Uh, we're going to jump right in. We actually have a, a, a special guest right here at the top of the hour. Her name's Kiara. Hello, how's everyone doing? Fantastic, how are you? I'm great, thank you so much for having me on today. Yes, ma'am. Now, you are here to talk about gun rights, our women's rights, which is an event at San Diego State, right? Yes, absolutely. Turning Point USA is hosting Amy Robbins and Antonia Okafor at our campus Monday, November 7th at 7 p.m. Uh, they are going to be giving an empowering discussion on the importance of gun rights for women. However, prior to the event, Gun Owners of America is sponsoring a group of lovely ladies who plan on attending that event to go to Discount Gun Mart, where we will have our range fees and our ammo paid for, and they can get personal um, firearm safety training from Antonia and Amy themselves. Wow. Wow. How cool is that? It's absolutely incredible. And it makes you wish you were a girl. <laughs> I, that's not the only thing. You know what? Shave and wear a skirt. <laughs> yeah. They'll never know. There you go. Absolutely. We invite all of San Diego to come. It's absolutely free. Um, if you'd like to find the event yourself, go to eventbrite.com. Click on the search bar and type in GOA Empowered, and it will be the first option. RSVP, screenshot your ticket, and send us an email at tpusaatsdsu at gmail.com, and we can get you on the roster so you can get to go to the gun range for free and come to our event for free as well. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get that link for people who are interested in participating. We're gonna get that link sent out through gun owners. Radio and through San Diego County Gun Owners and through right. Orange and everybody. We're gonna anyway. We're gonna get that link out so that just in case you missed it. But what did you say? You go to where, where do you go? Eventbrite. Eventbrite.com. Eventbrite.com. Do a search for gun rights or women's rights. G O A empowered. G O A empowered. Fantastic. Now talk. So you are you do volunteer work for Turning Point. Yes, and um, I am the president of the Turning Point USA chapter at San Diego State University. Wow. And I'm also the vice president of the College Republicans chapter there as well. Oh, cool. Now, how did you get involved with Turning Point? 
I got involved with Turning Point in a little what I call small world moment. My freshman year at San Diego State, I had just discovered I was a Republican and knew I needed to get involved and my views would be challenged. I had seen some Charlie Kirk videos on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I attended um, um, an Aztec Nights event where there was a carnival on campus and there was a section where there were a lot of um, student clubs advertising their clubs. And I came across Turning Point USA's table and the president at the time was someone that I went to elementary school with. Oh, wow. And um, we caught up shortly. He told me about Turning Point and told me about what they believe. And I thought, wow, this is absolutely up my alley. I'd love to get involved. And within a year and a half, I ended up taking over the club. So How cool is that? Today. You took it over. Yes. I like that. I like that <laughs> confidence. You didn't, you know, it's not, she didn't step in or fill in. Or, she took she over. took it over. All right, I like that. <laughs> well, so I guess with everything you hear on the media about colleges, throwing, you know, conservative speakers out of the hall and this other the college of San Diego, San Diego State yes how, how have they accepted not only turning point but just the fact that, that the kids are involved in the Second Amendment and owning a gun yeah so I would say the reaction to our club is pretty 50 50. Um, we get people who are interested in knowing what the club is about. Maybe they might not believe in it. And so they kind of just like, oh, I'm not really interested. Thank you. Right, right. And then sometimes we get people who are pretty passive aggressive uh-huh. or they're confrontational. Right. We have a socialist club on our campus who is not really happy that we're there. Gotcha. I'm not going to drop their name because I don't want to give a them that socialist I wouldn't give them. No, 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 no. I wouldn't give it to them. They're either. not happy that you're there. Are you happy that they're there? I'm absolutely thrilled that they're there because. But isn't that typical of a conservative <laughs> Republican? What? Now, why are you thrilled that they are there? Because I think it's important that there is a diverse, um, there are diverse opinions on campus. You guys I, ever, do you ever debate? You ever get into a debate? No, they, they all of their events are online because they're still afraid of COVID. So um, I would love to invite them to come to our event and discuss firearms. Um, but A- Anti-social socialists. Yes, they are anti-social socialists. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like, did you make that up? Just now. I like that. It's a t-shirt. Yeah. So I, I'm really excited about this event. I want to get back to the event. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that you guys did a, a great job. I'm so glad that... Uh, Gun Owners of America is sponsoring it. Gun rights or women's rights, that's so, so true. Um, and it's very, very cool. I, the, in the event that you're going to have is it uh, where you get to go to the range and train with them. Is that just for women? Um, yes and no. It's, yeah, I gotcha. So we, we, we <laughs> Legally, you can't <laughs> limit it to women, but it's it's definitely encouraged. Yes. It's marketed towards, it's, Absolutely. it's really meant we, for women. I gotcha. We would love to have men and women come. Okay. However, we would like to stress that um, we are giving priority registration to women first. Okay. So as soon as spots fill up, um, if we don't, if not a lot of women signed up, um, all the men who are interested in coming, absolutely we'll add them and they're more than welcome to come and we encourage them to come. But is it so limited? So space is limited? Space is limited. Yes. Because okay. discount gun mart, their indoor range is pretty small. You can only have so many people per lane and they only have so many lanes. So it is important ladies, uh, that you get your tickets as soon as possible and send <clears> us a <throat> screenshot of your ticket. But there's two events we're talking about. We're talking yes. about, uh, there, 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 there's a talk. By by them yes. on San Diego or excuse me San Diego uh, State University campus yes and anybody can go to that yes and that's a that's there's how many how many people can you fit 
We can fit 300 people Three hundred the venue. People. All right. So go to that talk. Everybody listening, sign up. Go to that talk. Check it out. Uh, it, it's going to be really cool. They're both... Uh, speakers are very dynamic. In fact, we're interviewing both of them in the show later mm-hmm. today. Um, so go to that. But then in addition, especially if you know some women, uh, have them sign up for the Discount Gun Mart event where they actually get to train with with both of these ladies. Yes, right? that will be in the afternoon before the event. So okay. as soon as you send us your ticket, um, you will be contacted personally with the details of the event because we can't just advertise what time, where right. we're meeting, all those things because we don't want, you know, punch people showing up. I signed up. Yeah. Um, So just make sure that you send us that screenshot of your ticket so we can get you connected to the rest of the group who's going to be there and you will be notified in a timely manner Mm -hmm. what time we're meeting, the address of the gun range, even though I advertise Discount Gun Mart. Um, And yes, we'll just get you connected. Well, there's two Discount Gun Marts and you didn't tell them which one. Oh, well, that's a secret. (laughs) You're going to have to send us a screenshot of your ticket then so that you'll get the location. There's one in Santee and then there's the one that they're going to use, which is in Santee. I just wrote it. Never mind. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> I was going to say, what? That didn't go well at all. No, no, no. Dave, isn't that amazing? I think it's just mind-boggling. I mean, I because... Kiara, she came in and spoke to our meeting at, in South and talked all about this. Just found us and, and, and came and talked to the meeting. And well, then we're like, hey, we got to get I got a sneaky feeling. She's just going to go where she wants to go. I She took this this organization over. I know. I have a feeling she I hope she, she does. doesn't want San Diego County gun owners because <laughs> you'll be working at McDonald's if that's the case. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick so break. Bad. When you come back, <laughs> this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Schools are soft targets for violence, and you know you need to take steps to respond. But what should you do? How will you do it? Who can help you with planning, training, and implementation? Check out the FASTER program next. But first, if you have legal matters that involves firearms, and you need to call California firearms lawyer John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, our next guest is Joe Eaton from Faster Saves Lives. Joe, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Good Excellent. man, thanks for coming on the show. This is very cool. I've been looking forward to this very much. Uh, let's so let's talk about what is the Faster program. Well, the Faster Saves Lives program is uh, a program ran by nonprofit educational charity, the Buckeye Firearms Foundation in Ohio. And starting back in 2013, our foundation started providing training to effectively respond to active killer events inside a school 
to basically any school staff that want to attend the training and want to improve safety in their building. So past 10 years now, we've trained over 3,000 school staff from about 300 districts uh, across 23 different states and uh, more growth all the time. Holy cow. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your background, Joe. What's your background? Well, I've been involved in the Second Amendment advocacy going back until the uh, probably the mid to uh, late 90s. Uh, actually, it was uh, Paxton Quigley's book, Armed and Female, that got me started down this road. You're the first three or four pages of that, and I imagined uh, Katie Pettit being my wife or my sister or my mother. Or I don't even know if my daughter was born at the time, but said uh, this should not happen to anyone, that anybody, any loved one out there, and so I've been at it ever since. Been with the Firearms Foundation here in Ohio since we started in 2006, and have headed up the Faster Saves Lives program since its inception in uh, in 20 late 2012. First class was in 2013. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, help me with the name again. It's Buckeye Firearms Foundation. Buckeye Firearms, and and, and you're, that group's been around for a while doing uh, statewide and local advocacy on 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 Second Amendment issues for a while. You guys. Right, and you've been very successful and done a really great job. Yeah, the uh, we have the Buckeye Firearms Association. Of course, we have the foundation, and we have a political action committee. Just so we stay on the right side of all of the tax and campaign finance laws, we have to have three totally separate uh, entities. And the Faster program is ran by the nonprofit five hundred one C three Buckeye Firearms Foundation. So. It's a little confusing, but we all work to the same end. We just all have our uh, own sandboxes that the state and tax laws allow us to play in. Sure, I get it. The 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 PAC helps get people elected, so you can do independent yes. expenditures and donate to candidates, that sort of thing, right? That's it. And and the and and the PAC does. Um, I'm assuming you guys do do you do state state level uh, advocacy, or do you get down into the city councils? Uh, we we go all the way down to the local elections when we can. Of course, you know the statewide candidates are good, but we require uh, we rely on the personal relationships with our members and supporters. They know good people at the uh, at the city level or county level. You know, start developing those relationships early. Then, as they progress on up to the state reps, the state senators, and then on to the national level, you've already built that trust and that rapport with them, and we find that works uh, works very well because they all need subject matter experts on gun rights to to make themselves look good so be, be that good resource to them and uh, that can uh, pay huge benefits down the road nice and the association is kind of the the backbone or, or i guess maybe maybe i don't know if it's umbrella organization probably isn't the best but it's kind of the glue that holds everything together and 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 they they do the organize or the organizing and the, of, of people and that sort yeah, of thing the, the association is the general advocacy group. It's got a little more flexibility as long as it's not specifically donating to candidates, as long as it's doing general advocacy. Uh, that's fine with that. Uh, you know, no donations to the association or to the political action committee are tax deductible, but that's why we have the foundation also because it's a 501c3 and focuses mainly on education. Uh, we started off focusing on youth firearm safety training. Uh, we've uh, went out into uh, also uh, suicide prevention. Uh, we've worked with the American Academy of Pediatrics here in Ohio on sa- uh, safe storage, providing uh, gun safes and other things to uh, gun-owning parents. And then the Faster Saves Lives program is uh, is a huge part of what our foundation does, simply because of the demand and the uh, uh, 
the amount of time and effort that's involved into uh getting the schools what they're asking for. That's awesome. Okay, the foundation is the, the basically it's the charity arm of everything that you guys are doing in the in the Buckeye State, which is very cool. Yeah. You guys uh you know San Diego County Gun Owners when we started out here, um we uh we looked to your organization for uh um a little bit of a model, just kind of a, you know, to see what you guys were doing right, see what we could take away from it. And you guys have, have really truly done a a great job. I'm glad to hear that your foundation is is uh, up and running and strong. Your your charity foundation is up and running and strong, and this program sounds very very cool. So let's talk about it. So how does it work? Well, the the program we work mainly as a liaison between the schools that are wanting to add firearms as part of their safety and security program. So right now, about 32 to 35 states allow schools to authorize armed staff in some form or fashion. Fortunately, in California, you guys were on board with it until 2018, and they changed the laws shortly after Parkland. The schools in California no longer have the ability to enhance their their safety plan. So basically, the schools decide who they want to be part of their program. Uh, They send them out to us. We run uh, our training programs mainly here in Ohio. Uh, We also regularly run classes in Colorado, uh, we've just started this year trying to get them running regularly in Arizona, but we've also done one-off classes in Indiana and Utah. And we'll probably be in Oklahoma in the spring also. So the uh, first class that we offer is a three, uh, three-day three training program, includes firearms, general crisis, emergency management type of training, and uh, most importantly, trauma medical training also, because the whole focus is is we've got to shorten the timeline, and that's how we save lives. Every minute you let the violence continue, on average, you're going to see five to seven additional dead or injured. So the first step is stop the killing as soon as possible, and that sometimes means having armed people in the building. Other times the firearms aren't needed, but they've got to be there if needed. And then secondly, you stop the dying by having the medical tools and training right there in the school's you buy the students and staff that extra 5, 10, 20, 45 minutes until the professionals can get there, and that's how we save lives. It doesn't replace the police officers or the SROs. It simply provides that immediate response that's in the building to stop the killing as soon as possible and then stop the dying as soon as possible so we have the best outcome that we can get out of one of these horrific situations. And and when you're talking about these classes and training that you're doing, it's for – uh, the staff. So you're talking teachers and anybody that works for the school? Teachers, administrators, uh, bus drivers. Yeah, we've even had the lunch lady out there. I know she didn't wear a hairnet during the training, but you know, it is really finding the people with the right <laughs> mindset and the right heart set is who the schools look for. And you know, it's human nature. You mentioned guns in schools, and the one person you would never want to be a part of this program jumps to mind. But then Tell the school, stop for a second. I know they're in every school building because we see them every time one of these events happen. Which one of your staff, no matter what your policy says, no matter what you've trained them, if somebody starts murdering their students and staff, which one of your staff members is going to go stand between somebody with a rifle and these kids? Those are the ones that you talk to and you find out what they're comfortable with. You know, Some staff, and it's nothing wrong with it, will want nothing to do with this program. Other ones will want the medical training because they're going to be there on event day or they can use it for other kitchen lab, bus accidents. In fact, we've had more lives saved in our program through the medical training than through the use of firearms. 
But then there's going to be certain staff that say, I simply want every opportunity to go home to my family at the end of the night, just like I do every other day. Let me have access to the tools and the training that give us the best chance of that happening. And and so that's what we do. They find the people with that mindset and that heart set. We provide them with the best training that we found in the nation, and they uh, implement a safe and effective program to keep these schools safer. So the idea is if, if, if a staff member, a school staff member, doesn't want any part of this, you don't want to mandate that person. They can go off and oh, do, I, do whatever the heck they want in life, and you don't want to force that person to do anything, right? Absolutely. This is not something that is for everybody, and you would never want to force it upon anybody, but a lot of the staff we find already have their concealed uh, handgun licenses here in Ohio, and so they're carrying every other hour of the day when they're out in the church events and the birthday parties and the baseball games, and they just want that same option to keep themselves and their families and the the children that they're responsible for safe while they're in the schools, just like they do the rest of the time when they're outside of the school. So, so, the, so it's the, an easy choice for a lot of schools. Yeah. So the people that do want, who are interested, you basically have two things for them, uh, advanced or, or at least intermediate to advanced medical training so that they can, uh, save a life that, that is possibly in need. And then the other thing, the other option you have, the other thing on the menu for them is firearms training. Um, so, the, so, Right? Did I get that right? That's that's exactly right. You know, the firearms get a lot of attention, but our even our first three day program goes a lot further than that. And the one thing we strive for is is uh, high proficiency in everything they're doing. Our level one class at the end of that, we require them all to demonstrate proficiency with a handgun, which exceeds the level that we we require for law enforcement in the state of Ohio. So. That add that to the general crisis and emergency management, how to move themselves and others from areas of danger to areas of safety, how to deal with large chaotic crowds. We do uh, force-on-force decision-making skills at the end of it, and we add on the trauma medical training also to to give them a very well-rounded response to these type of events. So you're not forcing anybody to do anything, but those who want, you're getting them training so that they can be effective at saving lives and at defending lives. And when, what I want to do is let's uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk take to you. Take a quick break. Take a quick break. We'll talk to you in the next segment. But I want to talk about um, I want to talk a little bit about you know how how is the reception you know how did this how is this going over um, you know I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, you know the effectiveness and then some of the specifics on exactly uh, what, what you guys train them to do. Because it's fascinating. Well, I'm kind of curious if the people say, I don't want to do it, I don't want to have nothing to do with it, then he shows up, does the training. How many of the people that said they didn't want to do it said, you know what, maybe I'm interested. Maybe I should. We'll find out after the break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. folks hey welcome back you're listening to gun owners radio fm 961 am 1170 the answer orange county gun owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring orange county self-defense rights if you live or in orange county and want to help defend and restore the second amendment you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join orange county gun owners is more than supporting the lawsuits for the second amendment They have developed an effective infrastructure that focuses on local outreach and activism. Volunteer at a shooting social at a gun shop and tabletop 
and help more pro-gun local officials get elected. Become a member today. That's orangecountygunowners.com slash join. All right, we're talking to Joe Eaton from Faster Saves Lives. This is a program uh, in the Buckeye State that uh, uh, helps uh, train school staff to uh, medically or, or defensively, and it sounds like a really fascinating program, Joe. Thank you so much for, for all the work that you guys are doing. Today. Any idea? So you said, what, over? You, how many people have gone through this program now? Uh, we've trained over 3,000 different staff from about 300 districts, um, wow. and that, they've come in from 23 states, as far away as uh, Oregon, and uh, it, it's humbling. We have uh, three schools in Oklahoma that every year they load staff in a bus or a van and they drive across the country to come out here and train with us. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's really amazing to see the love and the dedication that the school staff have for our kids and their willingness to do anything to keep them safe. And, uh, that's, uh, that's the important part is the staff really care about the kids and they want to do everything to keep them safe. And even more amazing is we finding now that about, 50% of the staff have never touched or owned a firearm until they volunteered to be a part of their school's program. And that just shows how serious they're taking the safety and security of of the kids that we entrust with them every day. It's really neat. So generally, the reception's been good, then it sounds like. Uh, It's it's been overwhelmingly positive. Um, You know, here in Ohio, every school that has publicly announced that they're implementing this program have got back with us and said easily 90 to 95% of the feedback they get from the community is positive. Uh, there have been a couple of negative ones. Uh, one of them, they said they had a parent put up a Facebook poll and get 100 people to sign a petition on Facebook, which uh, I don't think is that much of a, uh, of a challenge these days. And then we did have Bloomberg send in every town for gun safety and file a lawsuit against one of the school districts here in Ohio, and uh, that uh, that caused some problems for the school district. Them and our uh, our foundation spent uh, almost uh, three quarters of a million dollars trying to defend against that, which is a drop in the bucket for Bloomberg. But uh, uh, in the end, the legislature stepped up and did away with any ambiguity in the law here in Ohio. And we have a uh, a very strong uh, law here in Ohio that will allow schools to continue to do this. Jeez, that's so many. You know the the, the 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 you know that was part of the plan is to try to bleed you guys. Exactly. They picked a small district that they thought would just cave and give up, give up right away. And, you know, they would have the precedent, but the school district was very serious about it. In fact, it's sad because the school district had a school shooting in their school in 2016. Uh, it was fortunate. They had an SRO there who was able to immediately respond within less than 10 seconds and chase the shooter out of the school. Uh, nobody died before people were shot in their school. So, the very next year, they wanted to include additional armed staff to increase their safety and security, and that's when uh, Bloomberg came in and filed lawsuit against uh, against the school district. But uh, uh, overall, it was a long, uh, drawn-out battle, but uh, we, we came out on the right end of it. Well, congratulations. You guys are doing an awesome job. Now, what what is the – generally, It's I, I guess just from our, our brief conversation here, it sounds like uh, Ohio is a fairly – uh, Second Amendment friendly state is that is that fairly accurate or what, what are some of the big struggles you have statewide there? You know we have really done a lot of fantastic cleanup one little bite at a time over the past twenty years. Uh, you know even concealed carry Ohio was the forty fifth state to enact concealed carry back in two thousand and four. Mm. Uh, in fact, it was just about 
eight years ago, we were the very last state which put the burden of proof back on the prosecution. You know how when we all grew up believing that you're innocent until proven guilty? Well, until about eight years ago in Ohio for self-defense, you were guilty and had to prove yourself innocent. And we finally got the burden of proof shifted back to the prosecution instead of on the innocent person defending their lives. Uh, We just now got uh, permitless carry or constitutional carry here in Ohio past last session. So, you know, there are still some items we're working on, but overall, uh, things have been very positive for people here in Ohio over the past couple of decades. So well over half your state representatives are are what you would describe as pro-Second Amendment. Yes. Yep. We have a very strong uh, Republican majority in here, and we used to have even a lot of very strong Democrats. Going back to Ted Strickland, when he was our governor, he signed and, and promoted a lot of good regis- uh, legislation for us. Uh, but uh, in fact, during that time, the Republican governors were our problem. We had our first veto override in 70 year history uh, here in Ohio, which was for one of our concealed carry laws overriding Republican Governor Taft. But uh the state legislature knew it was the right thing to do. They bucked their uh, their party leadership and said, you know, this is the right thing for people of Ohio, and they overrode his veto. Yeah, I I I'm completely done with uh, Republican versus Democrat. There's no there's no guarantee that a Republican is is on your side if you're a, a gun owner, and there's there's no guarantee that a Democrat is against you if you're a gun owner. It's just about you know either you do the right thing, you don't. I don't care what color your your tie is. Uh, you know, it, it's, yep. it's, it's so ridiculous. Um, but, uh, well, that's awesome. sounds like you're doing a great job. You know, we have a co-host co-host here, uh, action Jackson. He's nine years old. He, uh, regularly shoots. He's got a, a variety of nine millimeters and he has a question for you, Joe. What's your question? What's your favorite gun? Good question. My favorite gun. Well, for years and years, it was the, uh, the Glock 19 that I've shot for decades, but it was probably about two years ago I switched over to the SIG 365, and I just fell in love with that. That small gun shoots almost identical feeling to the larger Glock 19 that I shot for for years and years. So I would have to say that's it for right now. I am not one that goes out and buys every new gun that comes along, but uh, I've, I've found ones that do the job for me, and that's what I stick with. You should live in California. You would never have to worry about buying a new gun. Yeah, because you can't buy one. Because you can't buy one. <laughs> hey, Action Jackson, tell them what you did on that Instagram. Didn't you do a pretty amazing shot just the other day? Yeah, it was um, a sound. It was what? Hang on one second. Hold on a second. The boss is. A 140-yard shot. Wow. With your 9 millimeter. Holy smokes. Yep. Congratulations. Were you standing still or were you running? Standing still. Okay, very good. Now this little guy is very amazing. Nice. Yeah, he's got. Don't you have, we'll a... have to get him and a couple of you out here to Ohio to one of our classes uh, next summer? We'd uh, love to have you guys come out here and see what we're doing, and then get back to California and get the legislature back in line out there to allow <laughs> them to do it again because you had that option for decades. <laughs> we're going to need your help on that one. Let me tell you, brother. <laughs> so, the, but you, but so you offer the. So it's all done in Ohio, but you offer this. Uh, this service or these classes to anybody that wants to take them, huh? Uh, exactly. We even opened it up to churches, uh, businesses, to the general public. Uh, if somebody attends from outside of the K through 12 environment, we ask them to cover the cost of the training because we try to provide grants to the schools. Mm-hmm. So they get this training at no cost to the schools. 
Uh, like I said, we regularly run them here in Ohio. Uh, we run them in Colorado, and we just started this year running them in, in Arizona, and we hope to keep the momentum up there. Basically, anywhere there's enough demand from the, from the schools, and if we've got the funding to make it happen, we can take this program into any state and uh, provide it to their schools. So if a person wanted to do it and they weren't involved in, you know, to where a grant could help out, what, what kind of a financial burden would that be? Uh, our first uh, level one class, like I said, is three-day class. Uh, we ask $1,500 for the three days. Uh, that includes the three days of training while you're here. It includes a hotel while you're here and includes a professional trauma kit uh, that we give all the attendees to take back to complement the uh, trauma medical portion of uh, of the training also. So we try to make it as, uh, as economical as we can, but uh, we've got to build in enough that we can keep providing right. this to the schools at, at nowhere as low cost as we can. I think that's, Mike, I think that's more than reasonable. It's awesome. It's very, very cool. I mean, it costs you that much just to take Mike to lunch. <laughs> Depending. Well, we're, we're and whether or not I get dessert. The training facilities, yeah, the training facilities we use here are bought into the program, and uh, in 10 years they have not uh, raised the price of what they charge us to run a class through them. So we're very blessed the work that Tactical Defense Institute here in southern Ohio and Apex Shooting does up in northern Ohio. Uh, it's great to have good partners like that. Well, so I'm sitting here thinking, how could anybody say no to saving children's lives if you're not mandating it? If there's people within the school that say, hey, I really want to be part of this and maybe even be part of saving children's lives, where is the argument? I, I don't I don't I can't even imagine it. There really is no counter argument. In fact, I get aggravated as can be when I'm working with the media and they tell me, well, we have to go talk to the other side. And I'm like, seriously, is, is there a side that wants to have more dead or injured kids? That's absolutely ridiculous. You exactly. know, we're all on the same side. We're looking to save as many lives as possible. And our program simply gives schools an option because they do very good now about the stuff that can help, you know, detect or uh, uh, deter or deflect the things such as, you know, single points of entry and sign in, sign out at the schools. You know, they train their staff to look for changes in behaviors and personality. They have tip lines. They monitor social media. But, you know, schools look at it and say, what do I do such as happened at Sandy Hook or, you know, at Parkland or Uvalde where everything else I've put in place falls apart, somebody shoots the front door out of my school and starts murdering my staff and students. What can I do? And that's where our program comes in. And they're finally getting this more and more. When we first started 10 years ago, you know, it would aggravate me that schools would plan for every other emergency except for violence. And you know, I tell them it's, it would be negligent if your plan was for a kid that falls in a pool to simply dial 911 and stand there at the side of the pool. There's no way we would have that as policy. You're going to jump in the pool. You're going to pull the kid out everybody's trained in CPR. And then when the professionals get there, you're going to have a victim or you're going to have a patient instead of a victim to transfer to them. And it's got to be the same with violence. They've got to have a plan for that first five, 10, 15 minutes until the professionals can get there. And that's what we provide. Without a shot. I mean, it just yeah makes no well, sense. Well, if you're being violently attacked, I don't care what the situation is. If you're being violently attacked, it is always better to be able to defend yourself right. than to not defend yourself. But, and any other assertion is is political. Exactly. You know. Well, so when they turn around and say, oh, my gosh, we had a killing in Parkland, and they complain and they rant and they rave and they beat their chests and they do absolutely nothing about it till the next and then the next. And it looks to yep. me like what you got going, Joe, you got the schools 
saying enough is enough. Yeah. That's awesome. Joe, what's your uh, we want to make sure that our listeners can give you some donations. So where where can they go to donate to you? They can go they can go to fastersaveslives.org. There's a link on there to donate to the program. Our training schedule is on there. And like I said, if they've got any questions, there's an email link. I would be happy to give them any more information about what we're doing here for uh, for schools in Ohio. All right. Keep up the good work, Joe. Awesome job, truly. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You are listening to... Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know we have a world-class flight training school here in San Diego, Jackson? Did you know that? Uh, as a matter of fact, no. Well, you should sign up. That'll be your next challenge. We're going to make you a short pilot. But pilots can fly almost every day. We're close to the ocean as well as the desert and mountains. SDFTI instructors can help you learn to navigate around the international border and military bases. That's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in sunny San Diego, right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Give them a call at 858-569-1822. Learn to fly at SDFTI. Call 858-569-1822. Jackson, you're not dialing the number. We're going to get you into a jet. We're gonna we're gonna dress him up as Snoopy, have him fly a doghouse. Oh, I think you could fly awesome. a doghouse. That'd be awesome. Chase could be your co-pilot. Yeah, <laughs> he I wiggled think. his tail really fast. <laughs> Keep you in the air. I think that's step one in the that's, process. See, he's yeah. already got it figured out. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And it'd be a little bit different though. I think Chase would be what's his name Woodstock. When the yeah, little bird's name pro- Woodstock. Yeah, but he's a little bit big for Woodstock. Well, he'd eat Woodstock. <laughs> All right, we have another guest. It is election season. You're just a couple of weeks away. Um, we actually have a candidate for Santee School Board, Seat 5, Tracy Thill. How are you doing, Tracy? Great. Thanks for having me on. Yes, ma'am. Did I say your last name right? It's Till. Till. Okay, Till. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, fantastic. Thank you so much. So talk a little bit about uh, what you're running for and why. Well, I'm running for... As you said, Santee School Board, seat five. Um, I became activated um, as a parent um, and as a staff member, um, you know, when the pandemic hit us. Um, My husband is actually a Navy veteran and a nurse here at one of our local hospitals. And uh, when all of the mandates kind of started uh, coming down on us, I started... um, picketing in front of the hospital that he worked at, um, against, you know, against these mandates and our, for our freedoms. And, um, that's kind of, kind of, like I said, what got me activated. Now, what motivated uh, you to do that? The- so, so you were, man, you were, um, specifically you were picket, picketing against a, a mandate to get the vaccine, right? Yes. They what? were uh, beginning to fire staff members at the local hospitals for, you know, not receiving the vaccine. But as the summer turned into fall, 
Um, as a school employee, those mandates were now, you know, falling on myself and I, you know, I wasn't agreeing with those. So again, you know, I kind of held my ground and um, I was opposing the, the weekly testing that they, that was our accommodation. If we were unvaccinated, that was our accommodation was um, weekly, weekly testing. And I now didn't what, think that how did was you, okay. I'm just curious, what uh, if, if, if you're okay talking about it, uh, just what was it the mandate that you didn't like or was it the vaccine you didn't like? Or both? Or both. Well, both. Um, schools weren't mandating the vaccine yet, but they had asked us um, what our status was. And if we were unvaccinated or, you know, kind of undeclared, uh, then we then we had to um, test weekly to keep our jobs. Yeah. Uh, the vaccinated staff members did not have to do that, even though it was clear at that point that um, it really didn't matter, you know, with transmission, um, if you were vaccinated or not. So I was so uh, uncomfortable with the mandate part of that. I really, really disliked that thoroughly. In fact, I was interviewed by K, uh, KPBS about that. And, and I told them at the time, you know, I grew up, my, my dad's a doctor, my mom was a nurse and I grew up, uh, you know, completely, uh, completely, uh, indoctrinated. Well, just, <laughs> I guess I just had a hundred percent faith in, in medical science. You know, I remember as a as a kid sitting at the dining room table, my mom would would come home from work with uh, you know with a syringe and a and a, and a vial. So and, roll your sleeve. And, up. Yeah, roll your sleeve up. Boom. I, you know, and I got a I got a spoonful of mashed potatoes in one hand, and she's you know giving me a, 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 a needle a, in the other. Yeah, right. I mean, it's completely and totally one hundred percent. But the I, so I guess what I'm saying is I was at the time if they said hey this vaccine works and it's safe and effective okay all right i believe you but what i don't like is you telling me i have to do it right. that i am completely 100 exactly. percent against and I, I just i just can't believe that this happened and it there's so it little pushback be, yes so the, and there's medical choice medical choice really needs to you know it, it just needs to be advocated for and and whether that is for vaccines or or masks or, you know, whatever. It just needs to be medical choice. And the power needs to be given back to the parents, uh, not the government. The government is not our, our children's parents. Uh, we are, and we really need to take our, that power back as parents. And Tracy, and I... I so that's... And, and you were... Go ahead. You, so that's what got you... Um, this overreach is what got you involved in politics. And you're not the only one. There's a lot of people running for office... Not not enough. I think there should be more people running for office based on what happened with all this COVID stuff, but that's really what got you involved, huh? Right, uh, exactly. And it just really definitely woke me up and re really got me involved in what was going on in our school district and our policies as a whole. Um, I was uh, ultimately fired for not Aww. testing weekly when, um, when neighboring school districts um, vowed against uh, dismissals like that. So unfortunately, Santee did let me go. Um, that's horrible. But, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, oh, well, that's all right. I'm working back in another school and loving life and loving loving being back in the classroom and working with students. Just unfortunately for my, I was a special education instructional aide, and uh, unfortunately those are few and far between. Uh, we definitely need more of those in the school districts. So, um, so Santee, so they let you go, they fired you. Is that mm -hmm. is that a decision that this that the school board could have stopped? 
Uh, I believe so. I believe that they could have, they kept me on unpaid leave for three months and I was hoping that to make it through the school year. Cause I, you know, you know, eventually that those mandates were going to go away and they did. Um, in fact, the day that they fired me, they sent out an email to the rest of the unvaccinated staff saying that they ran out of money and they were no longer testing unvaccinated employees the very same day. So I hope you no, win based on that. I hope you win <laughs> just based on the Is fact. Suing? No, no, no. That 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 oh. the the people yeah, that you're gotcha. running against could have prevented you from losing your job. I hope you win just based on that. And man. by the way, we did reach out to Ken Fox because uh, he, I guess, and, and Joseph yeah. Dolan. Uh, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, we got no response. Now, if 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 uh, you know if if you did if we did have all what are there five members of your school board on in the Santee school board? There's five members, right? Yes. If if they were sitting here or they were in a debate or whatever, if you asked them, hey, could you guys have prevented her from being fired? Would they say, yeah, we could have, but we, we felt it was it was better that, she, that the mandates exist and she get fired? Or do they have some kind of excuse? Um, you know, I guess I can't answer that question for them. Um, ultimately, they made their decision, so that's their answer. Um, you know, I, I would like to say that Someone would have taken a stand for me. Um, it was a, a closed meeting, though, um, when they did let me go. So I guess, you know, we don't have the uh, minutes to that meeting to know what was discussed and how it was discussed. Um, That's so, interesting. So, but yeah, you I mean, got but you got to you got to just kind of chuckle. Oh, well, we've run out of money, so I guess uh, it's OK. You don't have to get a shot. Well, well, wait a minute. Like You're the one. Need, uh, yeah. You know. Stronger board members definitely need to be, you know, um, you know, on on our board, and that's why yeah. I'm hoping I can be a stronger voice for, um, you know, standing up against these, uh, you know, governmental, you know, this tyranny that we're dealing with right now. Oh boy, they see you coming, girl. They see you coming. Yeah. And and I by the they see me coming. <laughs> speaking of, by the way, Tracy, um, you are a you're a legit gun person, right? You you shoot, own guns, practice regularly. Yes, sir. I do. I'm a, an active member of Girl in a Gun. Um, ah. uh, I I joined several months ago. I just finished up my first uh, trap league, and gosh, that was so much fun. It was a wide variety of women out there, um, you know, beginners to experts, and gosh, it was just a whole bunch of fun. Well, Action Jackson, he's got a question for you. Action Jackson's our nine-year-old co-host here. Go for it. What's your question? Uh, what's your favorite gun? Good question. Um, I have a Sig Sauer that I really enjoy shooting. Um, I take that to the range, um, the indoor range down at Discount Gun Mart on Marina, and just have a great time with it. Well, Tracy, I, I am still learning to get comfortable with it day to day. I would eventually like to get my CCW. I haven't started that process yet, but um, it well, is in the plans. Well, we'll help you. No problem. Anything you need for that, Tracy, let me know. Tracy, I got to tell you, I've agreed with everything you've said uh, so far, um, except that your favorite gun's a SIG. That's the only thing that you and I oh, have. <laughs> Actually, Jackson has one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's awesome. Every- That's Everyone has to have their favorite gun, right? And That's I right. have uh, probably nine-year-old size hands, so my little gun works just fine for me. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I'm, of course, just teasing. How is there? Do you have a website if people want to help you out? Is there a way for people to help you out, or what? What, what do you need people to do? 
you know, I really need uh, people to spread the word on social media. If there's anybody here in CNT that's listening and uh, that agrees with, you know, some of the things that I've said, um, you know, just to get my name out there. I've got signs up all over town. I'm trying to attend as many events as possible in East County. Um, Tracy for CNT School Board is my website. Tracy, um, T-R-A-C-I-E for Santee School yes. Board. Yes, sir. Okay, thank right. you so much, Tracy. Awesome job. Good luck. Keep up the good work. All right. Thanks All right, so folks, this up. is Gun Owners Radio, FM Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, what do you got for us, Jackson? Do gun owners have the right to privacy? I think so. Stick around. Let's get details from my buddy Mike next. All right. Hey, Gun Prom is coming to the Inland Empire. Are you going? You ought to. Vintage aircraft. Yeah. You like antique airplanes. Why? Because it's going to be at March Air Museum. So get your dresses and suits ready. Dust off those dancing shoes. Get ready to celebrate and support the Second Amendment. You can join us and other Second Amendment supporters November 12, 2022 at March Air Museum in Riverside. Celebrate with delicious food, drinks, and dancing. Don't miss your chance to win some amazing prizes, and support the Second Amendment at the same time. Get your tickets now at gumprom.com. Are you going, Mike? I'm definitely going, yeah. We're never going to be there on the 12th. Did you get a um, table? I didn't get a table. I'm, I'm working it. i got to work it, man. i got to get up there and talk and sweat and dance and right. holler and hoop. Oh, that's right, because you're – I'm not going to dance. You're that guy. Unless it's like a conga line. Is that a dance? I think so. You do a conga line with me, Action Jackson? Uh, as long as it's with other people, yes. Oh yeah, it's definitely with other people. This <laughs> is gonna be it's gonna be you and me just congaing around the room. You don't make friends with salad. You don't make friends with salad. See, that's exactly how it goes. Now I'll be stuck in his head the rest of the night. Yeah. All right, everybody, welcome to Gunners Radio, five o'clock hour. Um, we're gonna uh, talk to uh, we're gonna talk about uh, a privacy rights issue. As Action Jackson uh, alluded to, we got an injunction that we're going to talk a little bit about. And in the next couple of segments, we're going to talk to Amy Robbins and Antonia Oakfer about the uh, gun rights or women's rights conference that's going on here in San Diego at San Diego State. Hey, are you moving to Canada with me? No. You got new gun laws. In Canada? Yeah. What are, oh, yeah. You want to go? No. That's a bad gun law as opposed to a good gun law. There is no good, there is no good gun law. I know, right? Well, there's, so there's a couple things going on. First off, let's talk about – there's three things I want to talk about real quick. I was on KUSI again this morning. Yes, Dave, I seen you. How did I do? You did wonderful. Yep. Except I got, you didn't I got, mention the radio I got show. yelled at for not plugging the radio show. That's okay. I'll let you – you did a really good job. 
and uh, and Jason did a good job interviewing you as well. Yeah, so the, it was about, of course, the the voter guide, and uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty right in line uh, with uh, with what you would expect. But uh, you know, the the part that people, some people, not everybody, but there's a there's a significant portion of folks in San Diego who have been trusting the Republican voter guide for years. And that's great. They did an okay job. You know, for the most part, the few people that they endorse are, are are very similar to the ones that we've endorsed. Of course, the one big difference is the sheriff's race. So I talked all about that. I talked about that Thursday morning. I talked about that Sunday morning, both on KUSI. Um, and really just want to make sure that people understand that, yeah, they the Republicans usually get it right, but they, they didn't this time. Well, uh, they just went party line. They went straight party line. There That's was one guy running for sheriff. Didn't didn't doesn't matter what his views are. Um, they endorsed him because they had nobody else, um, and uh, he's not pro Second Amendment. Mm-mm. Now he's rock, rock running around telling people, "Oh, hey, gee, I'm all for the Second Amendment." But you know, so that's what Hillary Clinton said too. She says she supports the Second Amendment. And Obama said he supports the Second Amendment. The reality is, uh, John Hammerling is <clears throat> made a career in the city attorney's office down in San Diego. Um, he's given sp- of of gun grabbing. Uh, he he's been advancing the gun violence restraining orders, not just um, executing them or, or standing by while they've been executed. He's actually gone to other law enforcement agencies to teach them how to make them standard operating procedure. He's been on this show where he said, "Oh yeah, these are a good thing for gun." He owners. was shocked he, that you questioned his his ideas and why he does it. He's nothing but bad news when it comes to gun owners. But then even furthermore, he's he, we've uncovered even more. He's threatened journalists. He's uh, uh just really bad news. He's not a good candidate. Um and you know, that's okay. Some you know, the Republicans are people too. They're not perfect and and they made a huge mistake when it comes to sheriff this time. So vote for Kelly Martinez. She's been extremely uh, helpful with everything that we care about when it comes to gun owners. Um, you know, we worked with her, we've talked to her, we've brought up uh, concerns, questions and concerns, and she's addressed them. She's made huge improvements. Uh, she's definitely the person that you want to vote for if you're a gun owner in San Diego. Well, she didn't just talk about it. She actually did it. She did it. Exactly and I think right. that's the – see, that's the problem I always have with politicians. When I get in, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. And when they get in, they go, ha. <laughs> I'm well, not doing it. That's the thing. I was talking to someone and they said, gee, she's a Democrat. I'm afraid she's going to turn into a gun grabber. And they said, okay, so you're afraid she's going to. First off, I'm afraid every politician is going to turn into a gun grabber. And how every many, single and one. How many Republicans have done that? Every single one I'm afraid of. Every single one. So you have to be vigilant. You have right. to, you know, keep hold their feet to the fire. But what you don't want to do is vote for a guy who has actually professionally been a gun grabber. Because you're afraid the other candidate might turn into a gun grabber. I mean, you know, if you look at their, not their words, but their actions, uh, you know, Kelly has, Kelly Martinez has been fantastic. So that's why we endorsed her unapologetically, wholeheartedly, full-throatedly, Kelly Martinez for sheriff. Uh, let everybody know. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is um, the injunction. Um, there was a uh, law passed uh, last year that, the Department of Justice can share gun owner information and ammunition buyer information with uh, third-party uh, folks, like specifically UC Davis that's got a, uh, a um, uh, research project going on where they want to try to figure out more ways to take your guns away. So the Department of Justice was giving them information about gun owners, giving them information about ammunition buyers, 
And uh, with the help of Firearms Policy Coalition, San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, and Inland Empire gun owners filed a lawsuit. So if you're a member of any of those three organizations, you are a uh, plaintiff in a lawsuit that said, hey, we, we don't agree. We want that to stop. We want that practice to stop. And lo and behold, got it in front of a judge. The judge said, yep, you guys have a point. We're putting an injunction on this. So the Department of Justice cannot give that information out. Your privacy is protected. And uh, you, we're going to get our day in court. Very, very proud of that. So please, if you're in Orange County, if you're in Riverside or San Bernardino Inland Empire, if you're in San Diego, join the, join our groups, support the lawsuit. But more importantly, be a part of, of, of this lawsuit. Be a plaintiff. So go to San Diego County Gun Owners. Go to Inland Empire Gun Owners. Go to orangecountygunowners.com. Join 10 bucks a month, $100 per day. We're at, you're actually going to be a part of an organization that's getting something done. You're going to be part of a lawsuit that's going to help. Um, so help us, uh, uh, you know, lead back to uh, the promised land of Second Amendment. Absolutely. California's got a, had a bright Second Amendment past. And uh, if I have anything to say about it, we're going to have a bright Second Amendment future, Dave. I can't wait. <laughs> Me either. So, so well, looking for. Looking forward to you were talking about Canada, so let's talk about what happened in Canada. What, what's your understanding of what happened in Canada? Well, Canada just decided, you know, instead of beating around the bush, mm-hmm. we're just going to take all your guns away. <laughs> well, just about they. I mean, they put a uh, they what they did is they they halted all sales, all sales, all sales of handguns, and and their their prime minister, who is viciously, extremely anti gun, uh, just said, "Yep, you know what? We're going to stop sales of all handguns in Canada right now for no reason." For no reason, with so no does legal. Does that shut down all the gun stores? Well, right for now. Or is it, he just going to run them out of business by not letting them sell anything? Well, I think that's the probably the plan. And if it works in Canada, then other states will probably look at it and say, "But do you really think he'll be successful?" I, well, in Canada, because they don't have a Second Amendment, and they certainly don't have organizations, you know, like ours and the NRA and Gun Owners of America and all these other organizations that fight and say, you know, it's funny. I, I see people say, "Hey." You guys said that Obama wanted to take our guns, and we had eight years of Obama, and he didn't take any of our guns. Yeah, because we fought back. Hello? It's not because he didn't want to. One of the first things he did when he got into office was propose a uh, – he was actually uh, uh, pointing at Mexico and the problems they were having with their corrupt government and their uh, drug cartels. Didn't they give some guns to Mexico? <laughs> they did. Yes, saying. they did. A couple of pistols. And said, hey, we want to start banning guns. And we said, nope, we're not going to do that. We're going to fight back. So, anyway, that's what's going on with those three situations. Very, very proud of our endorsement. Very proud of our injunction. And, of course, deeply ashamed of Canada. So we're not moving to Canada? That's right. So stay tuned. We're going to talk to uh, We're not moving to Canada. Okay. okay. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I had my I, bags packed. I, I know. I feel like I just... I had my shoe polish. I just uh, destroyed all your hopes and dreams. I had all my shoe hey. polish ready. I mean, I was ready. Oh, well. But hey, we're going to do Gun Owners Radio instead. Right, Action Jackson? Yep. This is FM 961 AM 
1170. The answer. What do you got for us, Jackson? Gun rights are women's rights. Friend of the show, Amy Robbins, are coming to San Diego. Ooh. A lot of companies are frustrated with their website. It looks old. It's out of date. It's not getting customers. But Sage Tree gets it. Since 2005, Sage Tree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact Sage Tree today to get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is super easy. Call 866 728 9100. That's 866-728-9100, and fix your website today. Very cool. Well, we talked to um, Kiara at the beginning of the show where she talked about a really cool event that's coming up called Gun Rights or Women's Rights. It's happening on San Diego State's campus uh, in uh, just a few weeks. So we're having one of the one of the, at least one of the guest speakers uh, on the show. She's a friend of the show. She's been on here before. Amy Robbins, how are you? Hey guys, it's so great to be back on. Y'all are seriously my favorite show to do in all of California. So thanks oh, for having me on. <laughs> you, you say that to all the Second Amendment radio shows in San Diego. I don't. I don't. I'm like seriously. <laughs> what you guys are doing? I mean, you're so informative. I love. I just absolutely love what you're doing, and I learn so much. I mean, California is not getting enough credit for some of the cool things that you guys are doing. So I'm thank you, Amy. For what you do. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. You, you. We need to have her on more, Dave. Well. But see, California is doing their very best to keep us squelched. That's right. Well, I'm well. I'm telling you, I'm like nobody. Nobody knows that stuff, and so listening to you, they're definitely getting all that information. Well, so I got to tell you, I love being a part of it. Well, thank you, Amy. We love having you on. I got to tell you, we are. We were a little behind on this. We had our, our monthly meetings last week, and um, uh, Kiara came by and she said, "Hey, I, I got this thing that's happening, and I was wondering if I could talk about it." And so we let her talk. She's very articulate. Um, she goes. She's a student at, at San Diego State. Um, she is working with um, uh, Turning Point, and yep. uh, which is a really cool organization. They've they they're awesome. They've actually flown me to a couple of different campuses to give a talk about the Second Amendment. They're very it's a very awesome. cool organization. And she told us all about this event, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this was happening. This is awesome. I wish we were a part of it. I wish we were well deeper into I it. Mean- they, they, I mean, definitely next time. So I've been a part of this event once before. I don't know how often they're doing it, but mm-hmm. it is one of my favorite events to go to, obviously, because it's very female focused. And I love the angle that they're taking on this because they are, you know, Turning Point is doing a fantastic job with the culture wars and what's going on. And they are on the front lines with uh, this younger generation that is truly standing up for our Second Amendment. And I love to see that happen. And the, the angle that they're taking this, I love, which is gun rights are women's rights. Because, you know, you obviously, we are seeing that women have rights in every single other area in our society, except when it comes to how we want to defend and protect ourselves. Um, you, you know, I think it's it's so, it's such an odd, backward thing that um, it, every every way that we can, we're fighting for women's rights, except we're fighting to take away women's rights when we talk about banning firearms banning certain types of um, high-capacity high magazines, putting taxes on uh, ammo. I mean, just all these things that a lot of these politicians are wanting to implement are definitely going to hurt women. And so I just I love this opportunity to go and talk about the Second Amendment through this angle. I think it's a great event. It is, and that's exactly – the, the angle is important. I talk a lot about uh, 
you know, to activists, if we are talking to people that, you know, not, aren't necessarily on board with, with gun ownership mm-hmm. and we talk about it from our perspective, you know, Hey, it's the constitution. And for example, you know, and, and they don't care yeah. about the constitution. You know, if you don't give a rip about the constitution and you're sitting there telling them, well, this is important because it's in the constitution. They don't care. They're, you're not right. going to convince them. But, you know, so many people care about about women, about the safety mm-hmm. of women, about, the you know, women's rights. So if you relate to them through that angle, through that lens, yeah. I think they're far more likely to go, oh, all right, I get it. Yeah, this this really well, does. Uh, yeah. I mean, 100%. You're, most of the time when we go to these events, a lot of what we see, the pushback that we get as to why people, especially this younger generation, may be anti-gun, a lot of it is very, very fear-driven. You think about um, when they were growing up, I mean, when I was growing up, school shootings were not happening. And yet for these, this younger generation, that is what they associate with firearms. So they're, them wanting to be anti-firearm is really about um, the fear aspect of it. Most of them haven't shot firearms. Most of them have not had encounters yet in their lives where their personal safety has been threatened. And so most of them don't look at the firearm as an equalizer. Even, even these young girls, you know, they're told, oh, just go take some jujitsu, just carry some mace, which I'm not opposed to those being in your toolbox. But to look at the firearm as your ultimate equalizer, we have, a, we have an opportunity here to go and change some hearts and minds by hopefully getting them to see that they do possess that um, ability to learn how to use firearms. It doesn't have to be a scary thing. And if they can just get their hands on it and get some training, then that can lessen that fear and actually increase their confidence and empower them to go out into the world um, and live more confidently. So we're actually holding an, an, a training session before the speaking event to invite women. And um, I think it's open to everybody, but I think most of it's women that's come into this yeah, event to right. get their hands on, you know, get their hands on guns and um, see that it's not as scary as the media makes it out to be. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's it, it legally has to be open to everyone, but it's uh, they're emphasizing, hey, it's really meant for, for women, you know. So, gotcha. So, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about that. It's at Discount Gun Mart. You have to, of course, you know, register and sign up to to attend. So talk a little bit about that. What are you guys going to if, – if you're a woman who um, – yeah, is it geared towards women who've never touched a gun before or is it intermediate or we'll talk a little bit about you the kind of You know what? I actually – so it's geared towards anyone that wants to come and learn about it. So, I mean, this is definitely going to be more of a beginner-focused class. I'm sure there's going to be people that have never touched a firearm all the way up to girls who have their license to carry and everything in between. Um, but it's mostly going to be, you know, presenting. We get asked all the time, um, what is the best gun for me to shoot as a woman? And I'm like, well, I can't really tell you that because that's like me telling you what's the best shoe to wear. You know, right. what do you need this shoe for? What are you going to use it for? Um, there's so many factors. And to, to talk to somebody about it without them actually getting their hands on a bunch of different options to shoot to see what they're comfortable with, it's, it's really hard to like we said, break that barrier of fear for them. So I hope to just get as many people through there. We've got um, some great, wonderful instructors who are there to just make you feel as comfortable and as safe as possible that are just going to help you get your hands on um, a lot of different options so you can see what you like. Because what I like may not be what somebody else wants to shoot, may not be what they want to carry or keep in their house or whatever. The, the range you guys are going to is, uh, it's a nice little range too. Say little, it's a nice big range. Um, it's indoors. It's uh, they have a really nice classroom. You guys have a great facility that you're going to be working with. 
Um, so what do you think is the most, you know, we, we try to do training all the time. In fact, uh, two to four times a month, we do our, what we call our, our shooting socials where we teach people to shoot. Who've, we basically give them a first time shooting experience. They've never typically or have very little experience or never touched a gun before. Um, and I got to tell you, three quarters of the folks who come are women. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we don't, we don't really target women. We don't go out and say, Hey, this is, you know, for women or, or we don't, you know, go to women's groups necessarily. It's just, that's, the, you know, the dynamic is changing. Uh, the dem- I should oh, say the absolutely. demographics changing, but if yeah. w- the folks who are listening, who help out at these shooting socials, who are, they're all volunteers are all wonderful. What would you say is the most important thing that they need to do or say, or what's the most important message they need to get across you know, in that first two hours with with a brand new shooter, what's the most important thing that the shooter needs to walk away from? Uh, you know, well, learning I or knowing. Think, yeah, first and foremost, just um, from an instructor standpoint, just going in there and not trying to be a know it all and say like this is the only way that you have to do things, but hoping that they can kind of lower that barrier um, to be very patient with the first time gun owners and mostly just just teaching them the very basics and letting them see that once they pull that trigger, um, you know, the the gun is not going to explode on its own. Uh, This is how a firearm operates. I think the biggest thing, especially for me when I was getting into firearms, was just learning how the gun operates and knowing that, um, you know, I have to pull the trigger myself in order for that gun to go off. And it's, you know, once I did that over and over again and got comfortable with it, which is what I hope new shooters get at the range is just plenty of trigger time. Um, you know, learning how, learning how to rack a slide is big because that's a big, a big part that's very intimidating for a lot of women. Loading magazines, racking a slide, you know, loading one in the chamber is, is very intimidating. So if you can be patient and help them get over those first few bumps, then I think that they will walk away feeling extremely empowered that they know how to operate a tool that could potentially save their lives. I honestly, so I got a, uh, my first uh, firearm was a Glock 19. I was 21 years old. I got to tell you, I think the first six, seven, eight years that I owned that firearm, I don't think it was until I took a formal uh, multi-day class that I, I think I was intimidated by my gun. You know, uh-huh. for that first like six, seven, eight years, to be perfectly frank and honest with you, I think I, I think I was I was I was scared of the gun. You know, it was it was that, yeah. you know, learning uh, taking a formal multi day class is really what what got me over. And I say scared; it's not like I was you know in tears crying, but I was definitely not comfortable <laughs> with the Dave. No. Stop laughing at me. I was definitely not comfortable as comfortable as I should have been. Until I yeah. took that formal class, which is what I mean you by know, being, a, being afraid of the gun. I completely agree with you because I was the same way. And it wasn't until, um, I mean, I got into this because I was host, I started hosting a show for the NRA. So they kind of threw me in the deep end and just, you know, I got my hands on every single platform, every type of model I wanted to shoot. And it was, it was scary, very scary at first to me because I didn't know which way the safety was on or off or if it was up or down or, you know, all those kind of things were very intimidating. But the more I shot and the more I got comfortable, I cannot tell you just how incredibly like empowering. I mean, that's the best word I can come up with <laughs> is how I felt once I learned it. So We're going to keep talking to you on the other side of the break here. we got a lot more to talk about. Amy Robbins, thank you so much. Yep, stay tuned. This is Gun Owners Radio FM. 961 AM 1170 The Answer 
Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. PRMI slash Alpine. Hey, if you're looking to buy, refi, or if you're just considering a, considering a reverse mortgage, you need to call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. They make it easy. Worked with a friendly, expert team that will help you get the best deal on a mortgage. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primerez.com slash alpine. We're talking to Amy Robbins, who is going to be out here. When is the when is the event, Amy? Um, it is Monday, November 7th, I believe. That's the day before the election. Yep. Yeehaw. Yep. <laughs> Holy cow. Hey, Amy, I heard you're moving to Canada. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Mike's going. <laughs> not not a chance. I mean, that's just crazy what, what's going on there. But you know what? I mean, I hope that Beto doesn't win here in Texas and make Texas like Canada. How Beto. in the world can anybody be on his side? Oh, well, you you asked that, and then hit that Senate race between him and Cruz, um, I guess a few years ago, was way too close for comfort. And the crazy thing, most people blamed it on the Californians that were moving to Texas, and that actually wasn't the case. It was a lot of Native Texans that, that were voting for him. I mean, I was really shocked with that stat. Texas isn't that red. It's not that red, people. No, but he's stupid. Well, I agree with that. I mean, I, I, okay, I'm not. I'm going to give Texans a little more credit. I mean, look at the way. Just yeah, it's well, just mind-boggling. Here's, here's the shock. The shocking stat is that only 11 percent of the voter base even voted in that last election. Oh, so geez. If, uh, yeah, if people don't, they, they just don't seem to come out for those races. And if people don't wake up and really pay attention to what Beto is, you know, what he what he's running on, what he stands for, what his voting record has been, you know, it's not we're not very far from completely flipping this state. And people think that our gun rights, you know, we just got constitutional carry passed. Thank you, Governor Abbott, yeah. um, for getting that done. But we're not far away from that getting reversed and overturned and then becoming a state that is really not very to the Second Amendment, which is really kind of scary. Are you now you guys pretty happy with Abbott? You know, on on certain issues, I am. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think you're going to 100 percent agree with any politician Anybody, that, right. that's in that's in office. But I was very thankful that um, you know our House and our Senate put pressure on him to get that constitutional carry signed, and I'm thankful for that because you know that has helped a lot of Texans, um, especially during the pandemic when people were going out and buying their first time firearms. Um, you know, then they're going out and they're getting trained and they're saying, I don't feel safe. I don't feel, you know, Dallas has a lot of crime. We're in the DFW area and violent crime is on the rise here and people just don't feel safe. They don't feel like the cops are being able to take care of them. And so that constitutional carry has been extremely important for people to start taking a hold of their own um, safety and doing something about it. So I'm, I was very I was very glad with that. Well, it is, you know, out here in San Diego, we are encouraging people. We've endorsed uh, a lady for a sheriff, and she's wonderful. She's been wonderful with CCWs. She's, we have a wonderful relationship with her, and the Republican is, is horrible on many levels. And she's a Democrat. And in- encouraging people uh, to vote for a Democrat has been a particularly – tough because the last few years democrats have just gone so crazy when it comes to their views on crime and you know that sort of thing 
So trying to encourage people to vote for a Democrat sheriff, even though she's interesting, yeah, even though she doesn't share it, you know, she doesn't share any of those views. She's actually increased mm-hmm. the budget uh, for the sheriff's department, and uh, you know, she's been great. She's been wonderful. But just the idea that Democrats, uh, in so many ways, have increased um, crime, you know, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and decreased uh, law enforcement. It's been really difficult. It's been it's been yeah. it's a huge challenge. Well, that's kind of when you hope that the people who are who do care, you know, that might be single issue voters, mm-hmm. you do hope that they start paying attention um, to where this. Because look, Second Amendment is is my number one issue when I'm voting, and it's because that is the one that protects all of your other rights. Yep. And so I'm like, if people don't pay attention to uh, who they're voting for and they're, they're going to lose that right. And then they're going to wake up one day and be like, Oh, I need to go, you know, my family's not safe. I need to go get a gun. Oh, but I can't. Oh, who did I vote for? You know, <laughs> and you need to really think about it because your elections do have consequences. And I, I am thankful in San Diego. I actually heard it's pretty, um, not easy. I mean, I know you yep. have to go through a little bit more process than we might have to here in Texas, but like, she's pretty good about, um, issuing concealed carry permits. Is oh yeah. That right. Oh yeah. Cool. We, we, so even before she, uh, well, she's currently the undersheriff, but even mm-hmm. before she became undersheriff, we, we solved that problem. You get a CCW in San Diego. It's been wonderful. And then wow. the, the Bruin case, uh, you know, even the uh, the big thing was the good cause. You know, you had to have proof of good cause. and But we yeah. pretty much turned that into a minor formality, and then that just completely went away. And then she's hired more staff, and then they've gotten a lot more efficient. Um, they wow. were they were running uh, – they were issuing uh, like 150 to 200 CCWs a month. And then last month uh, they issued over 1,000. So, wow. Again, again, you guys just don't get credit for that. <laughs> like that just doesn't make a lot of news. People, people harp on California. Um, I, could, I think because they think LA and San, uh, San Francisco, yeah. you know, they think that those are the, the, the rules of the day and that's where everybody is, has to fall in line with that. But I'm like, no, there really are um, conservatively speaking when it comes to the second amendment places that are very much Second Amendment friendly places in California. You just don't hear about them. Well, we're working on it. I mean, really, is it's it's not just a a legal or political change, but um, we're really working on it's. It has to be a cultural change. Yeah, yeah, it does. And mm-hmm. it, and they're kind of hand in hand. You know, it, it's I'm, I I go back and forth. It depends on the week. You know, if you ask me which one comes first, the cultural change or the political change. And they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of hand in hand. They kind of have to move together to, to change. Well, they do. And I actually think it's very similar to how we see women start moving in the direction of thinking about firearms for their safety. A lot of women, something has to happen to them before they actually start thinking that way. Um, Which is and unfortunate. So it's very unfortunate. Like they're they're very reactive. I was very reactive. Um, you know, it wasn't until I got followed and harassed that I even thought I need to go get my license to carry. But you know, but most people are that way. And I think the one thing through COVID and the pandemic that we saw was as this crime and violent crime was rising across the country, people were finally like, you know what? Maybe I need to be a little bit more proactive. No matter which side of the political aisle they fell on. I mean, I, all my Democrat friends were running out and buying firearms. And yeah. it was really funny. The ones that lived in California were like, did you know I can't just, like, take my gun home? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I did know that. Did you know, like, I've been telling you that for <laughs> a really long time? Well, yes, the, the, I, I did know that. The, the cultural change, but this event that you're doing, that, that's a big, you know, if they see, they're going to look up on stage. I think she said you're going to have about 300 people there. 
And uh, I think we're going to actually go over that. But you're going to have over 300 people there. And they're going to look up on stage and they're going to see a couple of kick-ass women um, (laughs) talking about how important this is. And that is a big help when it comes to changing the culture. I hope so. I mean, I really do. (laughs) You can't say that. I can't say women on the radio? No. Well, I mean, I, I hope so. That's, that is, when I go and I do these events, I mean, the most powerful thing any of us have, and especially as women, is we have our story. Mm-hmm. We have our stories, to, our stories to share of how we had our aha moments and what brought us to the point of realizing that we need a firearm. No one can argue with that. You can sit and try to argue with stats and, and laws all day long, but you can't argue with my story. You can't argue with the real fear that I felt uh, when I was out running that day. You can't argue that I realized when it's seven guys that were following me in a van, Mace wasn't going to cut it. I was never going to outrun them. I could never fight them off. The only equalizer in that opportunity would have been a firearm. And I didn't have one. Wow. And, you know, I said, I will never, ever be in a situation again where I feel helpless and defenseless. And I feel like I'm the underdog. And I was a very, I would have considered myself a very strong, independent woman. But I couldn't have taken care of myself in that situation. That was extremely eye-opening for me. And, you know, the no one can argue with that and tell me that I am wrong in that situation for wanting to protect myself how I want to. And I just hope with that message that, you know, it resonates with some other women who maybe found themselves in a similar situation or maybe it gets them to start thinking a little bit more proactively about their safety so they don't find themselves in a situation like I did. That would be my biggest hope for all of us. So that's the kind of thing that you guys are going to be talking. It's you and Antonia. You guys are going to be. Mm-hmm. You guys are the 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 speakers, and that those are the types of that, that's the kind of information they're going to get. That's the type of story you're going to be talking about is is yep. how you how you got to where you're at. Yep, yep, that's and awesome. just sharing with um, you know the audience for teaching them like why why this is for women like why these are women's rights because we come up against this all the time and especially antonia um because you know antonia is the one that actually like trademarked that phrase gun rights or women's rights this has been her platform for um a very long time and the work she's doing with gun owners of america is absolutely amazing and she started an organization called empowered 2a um, that my company and her have been working together since both of us started our businesses. And so, you know, she has um, just really turned this into an amazing movement. And we just, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to open it up to questions because I love hearing, um, I think having an actual dialogue is very important when we have these kind of speeches. It's not just up there, us up there speaking. You know, this is very, um, it's, it's a very, dialogue conversation where they get to ask questions we answer and we share our stories and then you know hopefully we get to change some hearts and minds at the end of it well my little buddy action jackson you know action jackson you he's uh you've talked to him before he's our co-host he's nine years old and he uh uh shoots weekly with his nine millimeter glock and we, we just found yeah we just found out he got a nine millimeter sig so he's <sighs> he's spoiled um he's got a question for you he last time he asked you this question you said that the answer varies, so we want to see if it's the same answer this time. Oh, okay. Go for it, Action Jackson. Uh, what's your favorite gun? Good question. <laughs> Why did I feel like I knew that question was coming? <laughs> um, you know, and I would love to be able to tell you that I, I have just one favorite, but I don't. That's like asking me to choose my favorite pair of shoes. 
Um, <laughs> I absolutely right now, I am loving uh, my SIG P365. That is pretty much my everyday carry when I'm running out and about and running errands. Um, when I actually go on a run, I'm typically carrying something smaller like a Springfield 911 or my Ruger LCP. Don't judge me, all of you that are out there in the in the gun world. Um, <laughs> and, and where do you, how do you carry when you're out running? Um, and my Alexos, of course. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I don't leave home in really anything else other than Alexa these days because we've just made it so simple and so comfortable and so easy to carry. Give your, give your website. Yep. AlexoAthletica.com or just Google Alexo and we'll pop up. Okay, Amy, i got to give you a really quick story just to show you how much scrutiny we're under. We had uh, Melissa Lee, who you know, doing a, uh, a holster demonstration, mm-hmm. and she brought a blue gun in, which is nothing more than a fake gun. Facebook and uh, Instagram, Facebook and uh, YouTube shut us down because she carried the gun in. So the following yeah. week, she brought a banana. <laughs> you gotta be an innovator. You gotta <laughs> be an go. innovator. Hey, it's good talking to you. It looks like uh, the group's probably gonna come out at least for the speech and listen to you, you know, talk to the world. Can't wait. Great. I I can't wait to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. I'll see you soon. All right. Hey, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Sam the Gunman's right around the corner. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The Answer. folks welcome back to gun owners radio fm 96.1 am 1170 the answer hey a self-defense event a self-defense event easy for you to say i know happens in seconds in the time it takes to listen to the this commercial your life could change forever i pray you're never forced to shoot in self-defense but if you must then you must be ready that's why uscca exists because every responsibly armed american should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R. Act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. So, Dave, we were talking a lot about that event that's coming up. It, I just yeah. wanted to – let's just – one more time. It's November 7th, 7 p.m. at the uh, San Diego State University Student Union. And then we, there's a couple different ways to get more information. Um, you can either uh, – we're going to send it out through Gunners Radio. So go to GunnersRadio.com, sign up for our newsletter. Or if you're a member of San Diego County Gun Owners or Orange County Gun Owners or Inland Empire, you're going to get information uh, via email. Or go to Facebook.com slash – TP USA SDSU. So that's like Turning Point USA San Diego State University. TP now you don't have USA to register to that, right? You do. You got to register. Everything oh, you got to register, one? but but it's free. Okay. So go to facebook.com slash TP USA SDSU. And what was that again? TP USA SDSU. Is, is Charlie Kirk going to be there? No. Uh-huh. But I think Action Jackson's going to be there. That's even better. You going to bring Chase? Absolutely. With or without the collar? Uh, Probably with. with uh. Why don't you, I think that day you should wear the collar. 
I think you should too. Yeah. A matching. Your mom would probably like it. <laughs> Keep you in line. <laughs> Keep you from barking. No way, Jose. Come you, on, you'll be barking. Are you pretty much. good or does she have to uh she have to crack the whip every now and then? No. You have to crack the whip on her, right? No. Yep. She gets out of line. <laughs> gets yeah. out of line every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of out of line. Hey, he's got ghosts in his house. Did you see I that? I did. I saw that. I don't know Speaking of out of line, we have our everyone's favorite segment, Stump My Nephew, where my nephew Sam, the gunman, we found out a while back that he is extremely good with gun trivia. So if you email us a uh, um, a question that's gun related and we use it on the air, we'll hit, send you a hat or shirt. And if you stump my nephew, we'll give you a really cool prize. So, without further ado, Sam, you there? Yeah, how are you guys? Good, man. Good. How are you? Uh, living the dream. Excellent. You got your Halloween costume picked out yet? Um, no, I, I didn't even, that didn't occur to me. <laughs> you could go as Michael Schwartz. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have anywhere to go. I'm going to go, you, you go trick-or-treating. What do you mean you don't have anywhere to go? Uh, well, I'm 23 years old. Kids. That would be a little bit weird. And Kids you're a tad tall, so. I'm going to trick-or-treat via Zoom. You should. <laughs> All right, anyway, uh, so uh, Action Jackson, what are you dressed up as this year? Uh, if you remember from the original Pokemon series, Ash Ketchum from Palatown. Of course I remember. How can I forget? That's watch, an awesome costume. Don't you watch that all the time? All the time. That's a good I was almost going to be that exact same thing. All right. Uh, this is uh, Allie from El Cajon. Allie wants to know, what dino-themed rifle shoots a 750-grain bullet? What dino-themed rifle shoots a 750-grain bullet? Yep. Um. You know, I don't know exactly what the person writing in means by dino theme. So let me start off by saying this. I do know of... Actually, you know what? No, I think I know the answer. Here we go. (laughs) Um, I didn't see this movie, but in one of the recent Jurassic Park, Jurassic World something or other movies, uh, Chris Pratt's character used a Marlin 1895, I think it was the guide gun model, in 4570 government and marlin back before uh back before they were part of ruger when they were still owned by freedom group um on their website on each product page for each rifle it would have these little icons telling what game animals uh each rifle was suitable for and it's funny this would be the question because i was talking about this at work today with a customer and on the product page of the rifle chris pratt's character used in the movie it said suitable for T-Rex. All that is accurate, and I've actually shot, I've shot that. It's that lever-action Marlin. Uh, at about, it was about uh, 20 yards offhand. I keyholed two rounds. Extremely proud. It was awesome. It's very, very uh, easy to shoot, despite the fact that it is a, a monster. Um, but I think the, the key to this, I think they purposely tried to throw you off. The key to this question is the 750-grain bullet. Um, yeah, and- so 4570 is, as you said, a monster of a round, and you can get loadings for it all the way up from, I think the lightest I've seen is about a 300 grain, though I bet you could go below that. Um, and I have heard of bullet weights going up uh, and sometimes even past 700 grains. So I don't think a 750 would be out of the question. Uh, it is on the heavier side for that caliber, though. It is. The, the answer that they gave is, and, and you're absolutely right. I looked it up 
Uh, Marlin has uh, their on their listing. They say, "Hey, this gun's appropriate for whatever a, you know varmint." And they show a, a you know picture of a varmint or deer, moose, whatever. And then with that, they they have a, a picture of a T Rex, which is hilarious. But the answer that they give here is the A Square five seven seven caliber T Rex, which was developed by Lieutenant Colonel Art Alfin at the request of two unnamed professional hunters that wanted a rifle that would, quote, stop anything. It fires a 750-grain bullet at, a, a, uh, at, at uh, 2,450 feet per second and produces over 10,000 foot-pounds of muzzle energy. Recoil is 172 foot-pounds in a 13-pound rifle. Unfortunately, A-Square closed its doors in 2012. That was the answer they were looking for. I think they were purposely trying to throw you off because your answer was uh, was far was probably more, more, more timely, more more timely. Well, I'm I'm not familiar with the uh, that's that's good to know. I wasn't familiar with the 577 T Rex, um, and I wouldn't say that the question was trying to throw me off on purpose because it it doesn't sound like it was a trick question. Um, but given that the answer I provided is also technically correct, I guess you'll have to call this. Uh, a draw. <laughs> All right, well, I agree with that. Call it a draw. I'm still, regardless, I'm not giving a, a prize. No, <laughs> we stopped giving prize. Now, Allie, from Alcon, I'll give you a prize. Um, contact us, Allie, or we'll contact Allie, and uh, we'll give you a couple of tickets to uh, Gun Prom in uh, in on on the 12th in the Inland Empire. Yep, Riverside, Allie. If you want to go. Uh, let us know, or if you if you're not available, let us know that too, and we'll, we'll we'll reward you. It was a very very good question, very very interesting. I liked it a lot. Excellent job. Check out that Marlin. Like I said, the first time I shot it, offhand, keyhole two rounds at about twenty yards. If I can do it, anyone can do it. Did Action Jackson do it? He, oh, he this guy's like the rock at Gibraltar. Yeah, the Does recoil it, wouldn't set him down. It it might. It, <laughs> It might not come back. It's, it was some serious recoil. I was going to say. It was some serious recoil. Yeah. He would have to get a pillow and tie it to his bottom. <laughs> what do you say, man? Can we tie a pillow to you? And well, that way when you get when you fire the gun a... and you fall on your bottom, yeah. it'll be comfy. Uh, maybe. You ever fired a gun that has a big recoil? Besides a 10 mil? No. Okay. No, that's pretty good recoil. That's pretty good recoil. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to keep him from falling over, you can do like they did with, uh, I think it was Odysseus, and uh, tie him to a post. <laughs> you like to be tied to a post? Uh, sure, why not? Yeah. As long as you don't fall over. Chase will be there. <laughs> Excellent job, Sam. Awesome job. Really appreciate it. Always love all the information that you uh, that you uh, bring, and uh, great job. Thank you, know, you. We even learn something when he only gets close. I know seven hundred. By the way, seven hundred fifty grain bullet. That's it. Do you? If you had to estimate how many how many ounces do you think that is, Sam? Uh, well, it's more than an ounce. I don't know the conversion factor to ounces offhand, but I know there are seven thousand grains in a pound. Wow! Holy mackerel! So it's like a tenth of a pound. So it would cost- uh, yeah, a little more than a tenth of a pound. And I think this is the first time I have ever given an answer that satisfied the question, but was not the given answer. This is a rare one. <laughs> I question. have to agree. I, that's, I agree. Fun question. Thanks for writing in. Yeah. Good job, bud. Thanks. Good night, everyone. All right, man. Don't forget All to right. vote.
All right, folks, need some help here. You need to subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. Definitely. It It won't hurt. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and please support all our great sponsors like San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, The Dillon Law Group, PRMI Mortgage, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International, and U.S. Concealed Carry Association. And we can't thank Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Action Jackson, Brendan Thomas, and Alicia Curtin, if you're wondering where she's at today, folks, she's on assignment, taking an AR class. She just texted me, said she's exhausted, but loving it. So I'm sure we're going to get a big report from her next week. And don't forget, join San Diego County Gun Owners. $10 a month. Come on, you can't even buy a meal for $10 a month. Well, plus it's two pieces of pecan pie and a glass of milk. <laughs> you That's might be able to get away with it. That's a meal. All right, don't go anywhere. Bob Siegel is in the house, and I know he's crushed that the Padres lost, and the whole show probably will be around that. Yeah, congratulations, Padres. Had a good season. Yeah, good season. All right, we're out of here. This is FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.